Welcome everyone to the New Earth Mavens podcast, where you're reminded of what you forgot to remember that deep down you've known all along. I'm your host, Fanny, and today I'm going to talk about Fanny. You must be wondering by now who this person is that's attempting to uplift and form, empower, and do these wonderful things with her big kind heart. Well, let me just talk a little bit about myself then. I guess it's time. I'll try not to spend too much time doing that because, well, it just feels weird, you know? So let me begin by telling you about Fanny. Fanny is my name. Not my first name, thank God. It was my middle name. I'm a Catholic girl. And it was horrendous, to say the least. Every year, all the teachers would get together. They'd have the kids say what their middle names were. And for me, I just wriggled and squirmed. And I think they enjoyed that. But here's the deal. Uh, my grandmother, on my dad's side, it was her name. I think it was a fairly popular name way back then. But on her deathbed, she asked if they would call their first girl, Fanny. My mom was pregnant at the time, too, with me. And my mom was like, hell no. <laughs> hell no. But did name me as my middle name. I was so afraid to tell anybody. I remember being with some friends, drinking beer in a car when we were teenagers. And we got pulled over and me and two other girls, my best friends, were sitting in the back seat. And he was checking our IDs. And I'm like, don't tell them my middle name. I mean, really, it was horrendous. And so I was hoping at some point in my life that it would actually be a good name, a name that would be useful to me, that I would be proud of. And until that time, Fanny was pretty much, what, an author, um, probably stripper. <laughs> it's a good stripper's name. You know, it just wasn't a normal name. So when I decided to do the podcast, I thought, well, why don't I use Fanny for my podcast name? It was a little outrageous. It would afford some poetic license to be a little over the top, right? And I am usually a pretty introverted person. I like keeping to myself. And so having a little more oomph to my personality, emulating a person named Fanny sounded like a good idea. Well, I really love it. Because Fanny is definitely an aspect of my personality. She's very much the person who likes to be colorful, laugh hard, hug big, and just love talking to everybody. So here I am. I'm Fanny. Nice to meet you. When I was a little kid, I had a very sick sister. She was epileptic, like severely so. She had grand mal seizures, they called them. And she was almost dying all the freaking time. It was so chaotic. In a grand mal seizure, you have problems breathing sometimes, like serious problems. There was an ambulance coming to her house often. Sometimes they would meet a fire truck in an intersection. I mean, it was just crazy, crazy, scary, chaotic. I would have been six because she started getting really six at two. So that would have made me five. 
Uh, so I was pretty young, to say the least. I remember one particular afternoon, my mom screaming. She's not breathing. It was so scary. I remember it so well. It was one of the scariest times, and there were so many. I locked myself in my room, and I look upwards, and I asked, what is all of this for? And I remember how the light shone through the curtains, the little sheer white curtains in my room. I remember it so well because a glow that started coming into the room, and I heard the answer. Someone answered me back and said, peace. To know peace. Through all the trials and tribulations of your life, to know peace. And let me just say right now, trials and tribulations is a language I understood as a young person. Again, it was Catholic, but it stopped me in my tracks and I felt my life shift at that moment. I knew I wasn't being punished because I really thought I was. I knew I wasn't alone. I knew I was loved. And I knew that I was watched over. It was one of the most profound realizations of my life. So when someone says God doesn't exist, I will be the first to stand up and say, oh, yes, he does. Not long after that, it seemed like a veil had been lifted for me so that I could see that when people were upset, it wasn't at me. It was about something going on in their life. And then before long, I could really see energy off of people. I didn't say anything. I knew better. But it was like I could tell things about them by the light that was coming off of them. I was also feeling this energy off of people, not just seeing it. And so I learned to trust my feelings and then my intuition, because that's where the information seemed to come from as well. And it never failed me. Well, except relationships. I <laughs> didn't seem to pay attention to it when I was in relationships, but for everything else, yeah. So in my love and gratitude for God, I spent the summers underneath a tree with my Baptist neighbors learning all the Psalms. It was something we did on a hot day in the shade of a tree. I loved it. I learned them all, all by memory. I was more than happy to. In grade school, I got the religious prizes. Every year, religious prizes were given out. Yep, that was me. And not because I wanted to be better than anybody else, but because I just loved God for saving me. When I became a teenager, all hell broke loose. I went from a Catholic school where you needed to have a note just to leave the school ground at lunch to a public school where there was no restrictions at all except on where to smoke. I just didn't know how to be in the world. All I knew was isolation, really. And to make things worse, I was cute. Without guidance, my mother gave me a brochure long after my cherry was popped. Of course, I did drugs too, because there was absolutely nothing else for a young person to do in that little town. But mostly I was just really curious. I realized it also served as a distraction from the emotional pain that squeezed my heart daily. In a nutshell, mushrooms were best mood I've ever had felt the most connected to nature. You can really feel like you are part of everything when you do mushrooms. It's very cool. Pharmaceuticals were by far the worst. 
I actually took an overdose when I was only 14, raided my parents' medicine cabinets because I couldn't sleep, not for days. Someone had broken my heart, and that was a very, very bad decision. But I got through it intact. What I do like and will advocate for is cannabis. There are no pharmaceuticals in my medicine cabinet. And I'll say this for cannabis. I realized a long time ago that the most important thing to manage in life was stress. I remember when there was the big thing about you shouldn't have salt and then salt was okay. You shouldn't eat eggs and eggs was okay. You shouldn't have butter. You shouldn't have coffee. And they would go back and forth and did this for years. And I think personally, now that I look at it, it was about creating confusion within your mind so that you were never really certain about what was what. And so I looked at all of these things and I thought, okay, what is the most important thing to keep my health at its best? One thing, just one, forget all the other stuff, one thing. And what I discovered was that it was stress. Stress is the killer. The cool thing about cannabis is that the stress leaves immediately. And then what I love about it is that for me, it's like the ceiling is lifted. Windows are opened in my mind. I come up with solutions. I come up with a changed perspective. It has helped me in so many respects throughout my life that the positives were by far outweighing the negatives. The negatives, well, you can get the munchies. <laughs> get the munchies. Some people get the munchies. Apples are good if you're a person who gets the munchies, but yeah, you can put on a little bit of weight. And violence, is there violence like alcohol? Well, maybe if you take the last cookie. And yeah, I, I don't think there's going to be violence, but for sure there's going to be a lot of hollering. You took my cookie. It was the last cookie. Like I've heard that. I've heard that one before a couple of times. So I, I will talk more about cannabis in the future. And I'm going to bring a load of facts and personal stories into the discussion. It'll be eye-opening probably, but for sure, I promise it'll be colorful. When you live with trauma, stress is always with you. And so many have been traumatized since childhood. So really, it kept me sane. And if anybody out there has a problem with me smoking weed, again, I don't care. It's between me and Mary Jane. No one else. And that's all I'm going to say about it for now. When I was 19, I moved from a small town to the big city of Calgary. It was just booming then. But as I sat on the plane on my way over, I had a return ticket with me. I knew I wasn't going back. When I went to a bookstore, the first one I ever really saw, I was blown away to see all these titles of spiritual books that were things that I learned about somehow through downloads or I don't know. I just knew this information that was in these books. That was the next step. 
the next phase, if you will. I learned a lot about energy, about people, and how we are all energetic beings. I became more sensitive to other people, energy for sure. But it was amazing to me. It was truly amazing. It confirmed to me that this information that was seeping through my mind and into my heart and seeming to rest in my solar plexus, the place of knowing, it confirmed everything that I knew and had no idea where it came from. Pretty wild. I love that. About eight and a half years ago, my son died. It was a horrible, horrible experience. I had to forgive myself for being glad it was over. But my dance with devastation taught me that grief isn't an emotion. It's quite alive. And it takes you on a journey, a very personal one. And it takes as long as it takes. It's between you, the person you lost, and God, and no one else. Five weeks after I said goodbye to my son, I went to Sedona for Mother's Day. Of course, I was looking for solace and meaning. I really needed to find meaning. Why did this happen? I was very raw. Sedona was the best place for me to be. And I talked to a lot of intelligent, qualified people who had a variety of therapies to offer. Someone suggested I read Barbara Marciniak's book called Bringers of the Dawn. It resonated with me just hearing the title. At that time, you could get it on YouTube. I don't think you can now, but you can definitely get her works on her website. As I listened, some things would really interest me. And I would start looking into that. And that would lead to something else that was interesting. And well, next thing you know, you're diving down rabbit holes for five years. That's really what I did. But that's where I found evidence for the plan that is unfolding right now called the Great Reset. And since then, everything has come true. Every conspiracy theory. So, yeah, I've been aware of this nonsense for eight and a half years and just kept it to myself. Honestly, who would believe me? From doing lots of inner work, my shoulders became stronger and wider. And I started to warn people what was coming because, well, there was still time left to stop it. I thought that people would jump on it, but they didn't. Instead, they decided it was best to be apathetic to what's really become a religious ideology. That is destroying civilized society as we know it in a year and a half. Can you freaking believe it? It was very well planned. And unless we, the people do something about it, it's going to happen. Nobody's coming to save us. 
And having taken on this brave task of sharing what I've discovered, I lost people who are really close to me, family members, people I've known since childhood. And I know that there's a lot of you out there too. A lot of you have lost people. It's mortifying. There's no doubt about it. Being told you're crazy to your face. So with those that did stick around or found their way back, I just talk about the weather. Not a lot of substance left in these relationships, but at least we get along. And I think that was something we had to really learn and try to do because it just shocked the hell out of all of us. The division, it was like being blown apart. Also part of the plan, divide and conquer. I'll never regret uncovering what I did, not for a minute. Seeking truth has always, always, always been very important to me. But the urge to give up was definitely there. I had to make a conscious decision about how I was going to proceed. You know, I could just kick back and enjoy life. I'm retirement age almost. And well, you know, I could enjoy my life as best as anyone could living under a dictatorship. But instead, I decided to see if I could pull a sword out of a rock and maybe be of some help. All I know is I'm not going to stop trying. I'd have to say the last year was full of heavy lessons. I was impatient to get going, but one thing after the other happened and I was delayed or there was something I needed to process or get over or figure out. But yeah, lessons, heavy lessons, like trust your intuition always, not just sometimes, <laughs> always. And truth has resonance. If somebody is bold-faced, smiling at you and lying through their teeth, it has a vibration that you know it's bullshit. If you can tune into the vibration of truth, it's really easy to tell. It doesn't matter if it's someone saying it to your face or if you're hearing it on television. Well, it's on television, yeah. You can be pretty sure it's bullshit. But yeah, truth. We talked about truth, episode two, ways to tell what's true. And also assuming, gosh, this is a big one. I've heard the saying my whole life, assuming makes an ass of you and me. Assume, ass, you, me, assume, right? And it's true. It can trip you up like nothing else, especially when it's about people. Regarding your health and prosperity, don't assume people in power have your best interests at heart because we're seeing so much evidence that that's not the case. And I hope you're paying attention to that. Don't assume anyone thinks the same way just because you do. If you have one thing in common with somebody, don't assume that you have all the other things in common too. Don't assume everything is okay if someone tells you it is. When you say, hey, I'm not so sure about that, that doesn't ring true for me. That sounds suspicious. And they're saying, no, it's good. Take it easy. Take a break. It's good. Don't worry about it. And you see red flags flying and there's no wind. Yeah, that's big. That's big. Red flags. I know the problem is we want to believe people. We want to think people have our best interest at heart. We want to think people that we're interested in wouldn't hurt us. If you assume that, you're going to get freaking hurt. 
So these and other lessons were important before I could even go on to the next stage, which is, I guess, this one. The thing is, lessons never stop. They are presented to you as you need to learn them. So I'm sure there's a lot more on the way for me. And that's okay. I love learning. So realizing even though I already did a ton of inner work and healing, yeah, there's going to be more to do. And I willingly will do that. So my soul will grow, my consciousness will expand, and my ability to help others will grow. That's so important to me. But inner work is just part of the human journey. We're all called to do it. It was annoying, though. More lessons, more lessons, more lessons. But when I look back, they were all necessary. All necessary before what I'm doing now, which is sharing my insights and perspectives with you. What got me out of my impatience was remembering this amazing line when I went to a unity church. Now, I've mentioned I was raised Catholic, but after being molested by a priest and being told that gays go to hell... I don't practice it anymore. Catholics on a large scale have really good values. And I think that's wonderful. But I really, really not cool with the Pope and with the child abuse. And I think it's way, way bigger than we know. Having said that, I started hanging out at a unity church. And this pastor was so amazing. So sad that he died. One of the things he talked about was an idea whose time has come. And when that happens, when an idea is right, ripe and ready, all the obstacles will go away. The proverbial gates will open. It will be full steam ahead. But when it's not the right time, there will be obstacles. There will be gates closed, sometimes fully closed. Other times an obstacle is just showing you something else you need to learn on the path. Not to be discouraged, but that it's something you need to know before you can proceed. Divine timing governs it all. And now I really appreciate it. So I believe this podcast will eventually catch fire because I'm, one, determined, and two, persistent, and three, well, I believe the content is entertaining and and helpful. This is my calling, and it will never ever leave me alone. And a good saying that I'm hearing lately, and I believe the first time was from Jordan Peterson, is this is a good hill to die on. Because instead of running around trying to avoid getting targeted, getting canceled, getting steamrolled, you plant your feet, ground yourself. This is what I believe in. This is what I'm here for. This is a good hill to die on. Gave me tremendous inner strength. It really did. Thanks, JP. You're an awesome voice for us all. At this point, my nurturing side and my badass side are balanced, activated, and ready to go. Every violation, humiliation, and every time I was dragged through the hedges backwards chiseled me into the person that you're listening to today. And honestly, I'm so grateful. In fact, what's been sitting in my heart all my life has become much greater than any fear of backlash. I genuinely don't care. And I encourage anyone who wants to stand up to broaden their shoulders and fulfill the potential that they know they have within. 
You've been in training for your destiny your entire life. Everything you've been through has been bringing you to the moment you are at today. And the moment, it's go time. We are all jumping out of the airplane with our shoots on. Are you coming with me? Or are you going to hold on to the plane? Well, that's all I have for you today, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and found it useful. And if you did, please consider subscribing and sharing it with someone that could use these insights as well. Contact me through my email at info at newearthmavens.com. I'd love to know how these messages have helped you. And, and if you have any suggestions on what you'd like to see in future episodes or whatever you might like to say. I usually upload on Saturdays, but it's still a little loosey-goosey for the summer. Again, I live on a lake in the middle of British Columbia. And like the rest of the planet, it's freaking hot. So there's a lot of splashing and screeching with glee going on around me. I can barely stay out of the water. I love the water. It's like swimming in rain. In the meantime, I hope you think about what destiny has been preparing you for. As I said, it's go time for the brave and the ready. And you'll know you're ready because you'll feel a divine, although invisible hand pushing you in the direction you need to go. You'll know it's more than your own will doing it. And it feels awesome to know that there are energies that not only want you to succeed, but want you to fulfill why you came to earth this time around. No, you are braver than you think. You are smarter than you know and more capable than you've ever imagined. Bye for now.